Amen. Glory to God. Um, we've been talking about praise recently. We had our inaugural Psalm Sunday last week. Amen. Um, I'm so grateful for everybody who brought their psalms. Because I have elected in my spirit that we're going to do this again. I, folks who didn't bring their psalms last week, you'll get plenty of chances. We will do it year two or quarter two, depending on how I t choose to do it. We, we will decide on that, but we will bring our psalms together. One thing that I, I really wanted to understand is that praise is critically important. First of all, praise is connected to, to prayer. Um, and that praise is something that we need to do regularly. Either in response to the Lord or to invite him in. Two ways to think about praise. In response to or as a mechanism of inviting him in. We sometimes think about praise as something that makes us feel good. And I, actually, I don't want to even shy away from that. Actually, let's go to a scripture. In Isaiah, uh, Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6, that's the one. Isaiah chapter 6 is a wonderful scripture. And there's something I didn't quite see the first, the, the thousandth times I've read this scripture. And I want to just look at this really quickly and I'm going to move on. But the point is important. I thought praise was about me directly to him. And that's actually a good way to think about it. But there's actually another component to praise that's important here. Yes, yes, yes. A really important part of the praise is that what I do can help you too. And I never thought about this until I read these two scriptures this week. I was looking through praise. I said, Lord, there's so much here. What is the important thing you want out of it? And I realized that sometimes we assume praise is just about our connection to God. You take care of you. If you don't come with one, you're stuck. Oh, that's true. But also it's true that I can help you if you're missing something. Yes. Let me tell you the first scripture I hear that's, that's kind of talking to this. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, one you know very well. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon his throne. This is the call of Isaiah the prophet. And he says during the death of this particular king, he's using this as the day I needed to understand this happened. And he said, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up. And his train, his train filled the temple. His train filled the temple. Amazing. We've talked about this before. I want to get somewhere, so I'm not going to dwell on that, even though it's beautiful. His train, his presence, his, his, his clothing, his, his aura, his... He's part of him, just filled where they were. He was there first, filling. Like this, is an, this is a spiritual realm. This is heaven. I don't know that space applies to heaven. I don't know that. I don't know how it applies, but it says he filled it. Whether it's space or time or whether it's the same rules apply, I don't know, but he filled it. I don't know how big it was, but whatever his size it was, he filled it. Ah, glory to God. This is the presence of God filling up some place. I love this. And I like to think about this, that he just didn't just fill it. He filled it to bursting. Couldn't contain it. Spilled out. It spilled out. From the spiritual to the physical, it spilled out. His train filled it, but it couldn't contain it. Hallelujah. So verse 2, above it stood 
the seraphim. So we're imagining the Lord sitting on his throne and his presence, his train, his cloak, filling the whole temple, filling, spilling, making more than he is or making more than the space can contain more likely. The smallest than the space contained. And then above the throne are two seraphims. Seraphims are angels. Angels, in fact, with six wings. How do we know it? The scripture describes them quite clearly. He says, each one had six wings. With twain, or with two wings, he covered his face. That makes sense. He's in the presence that is filling the temple. He's in the presence of the living God, so he's going to take every opportunity to to protect themselves. Glory to God, I love this. It says with two, two wings you covered their face. Two wings they covered their feet. I'm assuming at this point every other part of them's covered except for their face and their feet. And they said, well, if we're gonna go into the presence of the Almighty, cover it. <laughs> cover your face, cover your feet. You won't make it out of here if you don't cover up your face and your feet. So they say, okay, we've got to practically fly because his train is filling the temple. We've got to be flying. So we need two of them for that. But with the other two, I'm going to cover every part of me. I'm in the presence of God. I don't care what it is you do to prepare to get in the presence, but prepare. Put on the good clothes if that's the thing that gets you activated. Sing the song on the way in if that's the thing that gets you activated. But get ready to be in the presence of God. Get ready, get ready. That radio that you tune to the, 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 the song you need, that's you covering your face, covering your feet. That's you getting ready to be in the presence. Hallelujah, glory to God. There's something about getting in the presence of God that requires us to get our hearts right. Don't just wander in after you've watched ESPN. I don't like that. Get your heart right. Don't just wander in after you've just watched a movie. Get your heart a little bit changed. Whatever I was doing before, I could have been flying with six wings before, but I'm gonna reserve four just to get ready. I'm gonna get ready to give him the right kind of praise. Ah, so I'm going to get ready. I'm going to cover my face. I'm going to cover my feet so I can be in the presence and I'm going to fly. And then what did it say? And he says, with twain did he fly? Verse 3. And one cried to another. Stop right there. That's not what I thought I read before this week. I thought they were saying this to God the whole time. No, that is not what happened in there. They said to each other. Do you understand what I'm saying? They weren't just preaching to God and singing to God. They were singing to each other. I'm praising God to you. I thought they were in there saying this straight to God's face. They said, we can't even turn to the throne. Let's just say it to each other. And then they said what? Holy, holy is the Lord. I'm in his presence. I can't look at him because I've covered my face. I can't look at him because I've had to cover my face. So I'm going to say to you, I'm going to say to you, holy. You see what I'm saying here? It's necessary not only that we come with our praise to God, but that we come with the praise to each other to God. Hallelujah. Ah, 
I want you to hear me say holy. I want you to hear me say too. Holy. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. What else did he say? The whole earth. They're not in the earth. By definition, they're in the heavens. And they are declaring to the, to the other angel that the whole earth is full of his glory. They have come together with a, an ascription of praise. They have said, I am going to say good things about you in your presence. But I'm not going to say it to you, I'm going to say it to each other. I thought praise was just directed at him, but apparently I'm going to look you straight in the face and give God the praise. Hallelujah, glory to God. Holy, holy, holy. What does it say? It's the Lord of hosts. He's standing right there. He didn't say to him, he said to the other angel. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's okay to call each other up and say, you know what, God is good. Yeah. Click. <laughs> he is that good. Yeah. You don't even have to pray to him and say it. You can say it to each other, God is good, God. God is a good, good God. I thought praise had to, I had to say it straight to his face. I can say it straight to you. He says, and one cried to another and said, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth where I'm not in right now, that is also full of his glory. Yes. This temple right now is full of the train that filled the temple. And they're making the point that even though his train may not be filling the earth, his glory surely is. Do you understand what I'm saying? That even though we might be worshiping here, yes. we're saying his grace and his glory is in my house right now. Yes. It, yes. My grace and my glory is going to be at my job. Yes. I'm here, yes, but his glory is going to be there. That everywhere I go is full of his glory. Let me go somewhere else real quick. Second Chronicles 7. I'm not going to be before you long. Second Chronicles 7, verse 1. Somebody help me read that. Verse 1. 2 Chronicles 7 verse 1. I'll just give you a quick intro just before we get to there. Solomon has just prayed a prayer. He has just dedicated the temple that his father, was not, his father David was not allowed to build. David was not allowed to build because he had too much blood on his hands. And the Lord said, I'm going to let your son build it, but you can't be building it. The funny thing is about that is, is that David was an anointed man, but he still had done too much. And the Lord said, I'm going to fulfill the desire of your heart, but not in you. I want to fill it in the next generation. Uh, some of the prayers we pray, are, some of the things we are doing today, aren't because of our prayers. They're because of the prayers of the generation that preceded you. Like you're saying, well, Lord, why have I been able, why have I got so much? It's because the generation before you prayed you into it. They couldn't get it. The Lord said, no, 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 I don't have something else for you, but you're going to get it. Don't you know that's the goodness of the Lord in you, for them? <laughs> Man, Minister Flag gave me a testimony of, of some of the things he went through. And I says, you know what? What you have today 
I says, that, I says if, I, if we contrast, I can't give his testimony, that's his testimony to give. But if I contrast it, I say the goodness of the Lord has been given to you. The thing you had to endure, you didn't have to let your daughter endure. <laughs> it was blessed out in you. And I don't believe that the, that the blessing somehow skipped. I just think that the blessing landed where the Lord intended it to land. Let me just go to verse 7. Go to verse 1. Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. When Solomon had made it in a prayer. So he's praying. Solomon is praying. Verse 6, if you go back and read. Solomon asks for things. Very specifically. When I went back and prayed, actually, all the things that God is about to say in, verse seven, in chapter 7 are all the things he asked for in verse 6. In chapter 6. Right, he asks for a bunch of things. He says, Lord, I want this to be a place for your presence. I want this to be a place for your people. I want the people, if they call on you in this place, that you hear their prayer. So we know that in chapter seven, the Lord says, if my people, right? He's responding to the prayer. Let's keep reading. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled. Oh, we got filling again. We got presence filling again. This time not in the heavens, but in the earth. And it's filled the temple. But note what Solomon came with. Solomon just didn't come with his long hands, as my mom would say. The, the scripture says that Solomon came with a sacrifice. And that's what got consumed first. He didn't just come any old way. The angels didn't just come any old way. They sacrificed the face. They sacrificed the feet. Why do I say sacrifice? They didn't want to lose that, so they put their, their wings not to their task, but to the task of being in the presence. I had to give up something in order to invite the presence in. Sometimes our persons and our beings and our ideas get so much in the way that the presence doesn't make room for the presence of God. So what Solomon does and what he's encouraging the people to do is before you come into the presence, sacrifice. Get rid of the things that are in the way of getting the presence of the Lord in your life. Verse 2. And the priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord ah. filled the Lord's house. See the connection now to Isaiah? Oh uh, yeah, we're seeing the house now in the earth. We are seeing the house in the earth with the Lord invited in. So much so that the people whose job it was to do couldn't get their job done. My job was to serve and I can't serve. My job is to minister, I can't minister because of the presence of the Lord. Verse three. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down yep. and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves, themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he is good, yes. for his mercy endures forever. So in response to the sacrifice, the presence shows up. And in response to the presence, the people start to worship. Ah, hallelujah. So the sacrifice was first. In fact, the prayer was first. The sacrifice was consumed second. And the presence of God shows up. And then when the presence of God shows up, the people of God get to worshiping and praising God, saying what? For he is, let somebody say that in here, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's say that again, for he is good, 
for his mercy endureth again. Let's say that again. For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Don't you know? Don't you know with those simple articulation, those words, we were praising God. We were speaking well of God. Note, we didn't need that to get his presence here. We did that in acknowledgement of his presence that is here. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So he said, keep reading, verse, uh, verse 4. Then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the Lord. So in addition now, they offer more sacrifices. <laughs> sacrifice to get it started. Sacrifice to get it moving. Oh, yes. Sacrifice to get it started. Sacrifice to keep it moving. Yes, Lord, in my presence, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to make even more room. I will make room for him. Once you feel his presence, you say, okay, wait a minute. Oh, I didn't need that attitude. Let me throw that down. Let's get that consumed by the fire. Get it out. I came in a little bit off kilter. Let me throw that in for a sacrifice. I came in here not quite ready to hear the word, but now I've got myself straight. Lord, I'm throwing this on the fire. Take it. Consume it. Praise is multifaceted. Praise is multidimensional. I'm going to bring some sacrifice of praise and I'm going to give you more praise so that I can get more presence, so I can get more praise. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 4. Then the king and all the people offer sacrifices before... They start, everybody starts seeing that the sacrifice is getting, he's getting, a, getting the thing we need, his presence. Oh, he offered a sacrifice. Let me bring some sacrifice too. So the people start bringing their sacrifice. You see now about praise and a sacrifice, it is infectious. I see what you do. Oh, fire's coming down off of that. Let me and the people bring more. Praise encourages praise. It's not just about to the Lord, it's about you too. People will see how you worship, will see how you praise, see how you sacrifice, and do the same thing. What you are doing isn't just for you, and also isn't just for the Lord, it's for each other. People start worshiping different because you worship. People will start engaging differently because you engage. You've got to encourage that which you want to see. We want to see more speaking in tongues. You've got to start speaking in them tongues. You want to see some laying on of hands. You've got to start laying on hands. I'm speaking to you and me too. Amen. It's infectious what we're doing here. What's the next verse? And King Solomon, verse 5, yeah. offered a sacrifice of 20 and 2,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the people dedicated the house of God. Do you know how much they brought? Just think about the logistics of sacrificing 22,000 oxen. And how much sheep? 100 and what? 120,000 sheep. Because we want to make sure the Lord gets what he's due. That's a lot today. 
I don't know what it would have been those thousands of years ago, but it's a lot today. But you know what? I'm realizing that we're serious about their sacrifice. We're going to do this and do it right. <laughs> this must have cost a fortune. In fact, we know it cost a fortune because Solomon taught, in the, the scripture tells us that Solomon raised the taxes on the people to make sure that this could be done. He made sure it was, and that the people were annoyed at the taxes, but they needed it for the Lord. Sacrifice. You're saying to yourself, well, why do I have to do all of this every week? What is it? Your sacrifice is necessary. And it may not be for you, it may be for somebody else. God, every week, does he have to? Yes, every week, that's your sacrifice. <laughs> What's the next verse? Verse six? This is where I needed to get, okay. the priest waited on their offices. This is another way, this is in it's interesting about the King James because sometimes you have to go back and think how Shakespearean folks would say these words. Right, waiting on your office means what? It means got into position. The priests got into position, got ready, got ready for their situation. Keep going. The Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord, yes. which David the king had made to praise the Lord. So David has a set of musical instruments set aside for a single purpose, a single purpose. And it was exclusively to praise the Lord. Exclusively. And I need you to think about this. David was unable to build the temple. But the things that they're using in this next generation is the things that he built in the previous generation. We may not see the fruits of this labor today. <laughs> Even right now, I'm just imagining um, Apostle and, and, and Mom Downey, not understanding the fruit of their labor right now. Bishop Flag, not understanding the fruit. Bishop Barber, not understanding the fruit. They sacrifice and we put aside things and we didn't know why we were helping our kids with these verses and, and, and forcing them to Sunday school and they had to be with us at Bible study and prayer meeting. and. And it doesn't take till the next generation for us to see what the fruit of that labor was. David's instruments that he planned for are there the day one. <laughs> oh gosh, David wasn't even, David had no clue what was gonna happen in the future, but he was faithful. And because he was faithful, the next generation was faithful, meaning that his purpose wasn't even finished even though he has died a long time ago. Don't you know that your purpose and your praise will outlive you? It will outlive you. That's why you have to do this every week. That's why you have to be driven and purposeful and deliberate and say to yourself, I'm gonna do this work for the Lord even though I don't see the fruit of it today. Let's read that again. And the priests waited yeah. on their offices. Yeah. The Levites also with instruments of music. So the priests have got musical instruments. Let's keep going. The Lord, which David the king had made to praise the Lord. And he made those instruments with one purpose. Yeah. Because. Just to praise the Lord. Those instruments are dedicated for a purpose. To praise the Lord. We made these instruments. 
to pray, and I don't care what, then the next generation don't want you to use it for nothing else. Praise the Lord with it. Let's keep going. To praise the Lord because his mercy endures forever. Why have we got this music? Yes. <laughs> because his mercy endureth forever. Forever. I'm going to praise you like your mercy endures forever. Which means that which means that the praise I give, I want it to endure to the next generation. Because if he's forever, I want my praise to at least last a generation. At least let the praise last one generation. Keep going. When David by their oh, that's where I wanted to go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What did it say? Just that phrase again. When, when David, David praised, praised by, by their not his own, uh, David praised yes, using somebody else's ministry. Yes, yes, say it again. David praised using somebody else's service. Yes, right. <laughs> right. Come on, come on. <laughs> David praised using other people's instruments. David praised using other people's worship. David's praise, using other people's praise. David's praise. Don't you know, I'm not just doing this to the Lord. I'm doing this so you can praise. You think he's over there clanking those drums just for himself? He's clanking those drums so that you can praise too. The scripture says David praised God with their ministry. <laughs> he got their instruments and had them play. He made them musical instruments. He said, get good at it and play it. He got these people to, I want to put a particular group of Levites and have you get good at music. I want you to master these instruments. Come back to me in six months. They master the instruments, come back. David says, now I can praise God with your ministry. Ah, what is the design of you musicians and you folks who are dedicating yourselves to be psalmists and singers? It's so that I can praise God with your ministry. I want to praise him too. You think you're just doing this to the Lord? That is absolutely true. But I'm using your ministry so I can praise God. <laughs> you thought David was just planning to, to play his own heart by himself? No. He said, I need some help here. He was a musician himself. He was a song, psalmist and a musician. But he said, you know what? I'm going to sound better if somebody else is playing with me. So he gets other people to dedicate themselves to the music of ministry and says, I'm going to praise him with your ministry. We get together today. We sing to the Lord to be sure. But we're also singing to each other. We are singing so that your praise can be perfected too. You know, sometimes I'm realizing that um, when I'm playing an instrument, it's not sounding the best. But because there's a ministry next to mine, <laughs> it helps my ministry get a little bit better. <laughs> like if I go out of key just a little bit, which I sometimes do, the song voice next to me helps my ministry. Oh, wait a minute, that's how I'm supposed to be singing. Let me switch my voice up. Oh, I see what the words were supposed to be. That was the words this whole time. Let's perfect my praise with your ministry. 
Your ministry is important to everybody here. Uh, your praise, your psalms. For thousands of years, literally, David has been writing these psalms. We come to realize these psalms, there's a whole bunch of facts about the psalms, but one of the ones I love is that one of them, the oldest psalm is by Moses. I believe it is Psalms 90, I think, or 80, I can't remember which one it is, but it is the psalm of Moses. It is the psalm that they sing when they cross the Red Sea. And so they come and they take this psalm from old way back and they put it in the psalm book, right? Most of them are written by David, but there's a few by other people. And one of them is Moses. And this psalm comes and they put it in psalm. Don't you know this psalm from a previous generation gets to encourage David when he goes through what he's going through? Your psalm, your praise is helping me today. Don't stop praising him. And don't just think just because your voice is loud, that's a problem. No, I need that voice. It's helping me praise. Let's just read that verse out again in Psalms, in Second Chronicles 7, and the verse priest, 6. And the, priest waited there, and the priest waited on their offices. They got into position. Yeah. I love the idea of getting ready. Yeah. I like the idea yes. of you perfecting the thing that you're, you're, you're supposed to be ministering with. Yeah. Don't just come up here and just right. off the top of your dome. No, sir. Go home. Practice. Yeah. Get it right. Yes. Perfect it. Get it good. Yeah. And then get into position. Yeah. <laughs> and minister. <laughs> Let's keep going. And the Levites waited on their offices. The Levites also with instruments of music of the Lord. So they came with mu musical instruments of the Lord. Which David, the king, had made to praise the Lord. And the previous generation had been prepping this to this day and got ready the musical instruments. Because his mercy endures forever. And why did we do all this preparation? Why are we doing all this perfection? Why are we doing this? Because our central goal, once we get here, is to acknowledge the presence of God by saying his mercy endureth forever. When they were praised by their ministry and the priests sounded trumpets before them, and all Israel stood. So David said, I'm going to perfect my praise through you. I'm going to get my praise just right through you. And when I get my praise just right through you, what happens? The priests sounded trumpets before them. I'm going to use my priest. And then all the people stood up. I'm going to make the people move. You don't get it yet. I'm going to make the people move. I'm planning this out. Generation from now, yes. I'm going to get you musicians just ready. Glory. I'm going to make sure the music's just right. Yes. And don't worry if it's not just right today, yes. it'll get there. Yes. Get in position, get ready, get yourselves ready, get ready to serve, get ready yes. to commit to praise and worship. Yes. And once you do that, the scripture says you will make the people move. Yes. You will encourage others to worship too. Yes. I can imagine those two angels saying to each other, if you're gonna say it, I'm gonna keep saying it. Yes. Oh, you're not gonna stop, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep saying this. Holy, holy, holy. You know at the end of the song when you wanted just to not give up and stop? Well, I'm just gonna play this one last part one more time. Yeah, minister yourself. Don't make it stop yet. Yes. That's why I need to 
sing it to you and you need to sing it to me. Don't make it stop yet. His mercy does ensure. What are you stopping so early for? Let's keep singing this. His mercy endureth forever. Don't you know that this is what we are here to do for each other? Praise isn't just for him, it's for us too. Use it. Use your ministry. Help me perfect my ministry. Help me to keep it going. You're going to do this by perfecting the thing in you that is the praise of God. Let's just keep this going and we'll get out your way here. Yeah. so much sacrifice it's, it's too much it's, it's almost too much now hold a second hold a second it's almost too much but it wouldn't be too much but his, his mercy is not too much his mercy is not too much it, his mercy is not too much we never quarreled when his mercy kept going we weren't upset when his mercy just kept on flowing. There may be a practical limit, but his mercy knows no end. I'm so grateful today. I want you to understand how important praise is. It's critical to invite the presence, to make the presence stay where it is, to, to make sure he doesn't leave so that others can see and know who he is, so that others can know how to worship, to bring the correct energy and focus in worship, to, to push away those things that are not necessary for worship. There is so much for us to do to perfect worship. And I want you to understand again, the worship you do today, the things you put in place are not just for today, but it's for the next generation too. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word.